today's scripture reading, shall we turn to the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. The gospel according to Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who, fled the swine, so those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Shall we pray? A loving and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this passage of the scripture that you gave us today. Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for the beautiful picture, Lord, of the demon-possessed man, Lord, who lived among the tombs, Lord, and him being converted to a man who wanted to be with Jesus. Lord, we want to thank you and commit Benji into your hands, Lord, for the ministry of the word. Lord, we pray that you will talk to Benji through, and Lord, Lord, we pray that whatever he says will be led by your spirit. Father, as we listen, Lord, we pray that you will talk to each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, and we pray, Lord, that we will not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. Lord, we once again commit the ministry of the word into your hands. We ask all this through the precious name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Jebin, for um, reading that portion out. Um, also, um, 
requesting all of us to um, be in a, a frame of mind where the Lord will speak to us and even speak to me and would remind us about what we are called for. Let me just get my notes arranged. Um, by the way, how many have checked what's behind the pulpit? There's a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> so there is a good amount of space also, which is, uh, which is an advantage. Abhi, you can just, uh, yeah, just not right now, and then uh, we'll, we'll start. See, today's message um, is going to be from the book of Mark. The same event is mentioned in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. Um, the, in Matthew, he mentions it's a bit differently, but Mark and Luke is very consistent about what really happened. Also, I just want to uh, encourage all of us that the message uh, is a reminder to us, okay? There's not going to be any breakthrough learnings. I'll be very honest with you, okay? Not like, whoa, did you find that? Meaning, I couldn't understand. It's just a reminder uh, of what the Lord has called us to do during our time on this earth. Okay, are we all game on that? Yeah, we're all game? Good. You know, um, I didn't read this in the paper, okay? I heard another preacher share this, and I'm just sharing it the way it is. Now, he read uh, in the papers in Florida, okay, uh, about um, uh, a greyhound race that happened, okay? Um, I was not there, I was not betting, nor was he, okay? But he just read it in the paper, FYI, okay? A greyhound, how many of you have seen greyhounds? I don't think Bangalore has much of greyhounds, yeah, but I think mostly in, in, in other countries you have greyhounds. And they are these... These like lean, mean, you know, running machines that would run, okay? They've got a great sense of smell, okay? You tell them to run, they run, right? And they're bred like that, okay? So they don't feed them much. They're all, you know, uh, they're all like very lean. They're very, you know, they're very, very aerodynamic. So in this race, what the papers mentioned was that there was a great greyhound race and, uh, you know, the race started, okay, kids? And, and the dogs were like, like, were running with all their might. And in front of them, there's a bunny hung. Okay, because they're hounds, right? They want to, they want to go after the, the bunny. And as the bunny was coming around the corner, the, the, you know, we need to move along with the hounds. The hounds were turning around the corner left, and suddenly, the bunny exploded. Poof! It was gone. Due to some electrical circuit that... Something had happened, and the bunny exploded in the middle of the race. And the hounds were like, two of them just kept running. In fact, these two ran into the barriers, and they injured themselves. It's, the paper said that they broke some ribs. A couple of the other hounds just stopped, and they just lay on the floor, and, uh, and they expected their owners to come and rub their bellies. Some of the hounds started to howl. Some of the hounds went and looked at what happened to the bunny. You know, they started the race so well, right? They seemed to have purpose. But when something went off, they seemed to not have purpose, right? You know, they completely lost their purpose. And that's the fallen state of the, uh, fallen state of the world. You know, Jesus, when he came uh, into this world, he had, a, he had a purpose of why he came. 
Okay. The hero in this entire message is Christ. You know, today the entire hero of worship was whom? Was Jesus. The gospel was clearly coming out today. And the message is just about the gospel. You know, Jesus had a manifesto in his life. Now, what is a manifesto? Many of you are into business, into IT, you have, you know, into various things. A manifesto is a written statement of beliefs. Okay? It gives us aims, it gives us principles, it gives, gives us policies. We know the direction in which that we are going to go. Right? Normally it is connected to a political party, but it also gives um, a direction for the party to know which, which, um, which, dire- which, which angle they're going to head into. Now I just want to encourage us, is do we have a manifesto that is given to us from scripture? We do have. Before we move into that, our, our aims, our principles, our, you know, our values, our guidelines, everything, is it based on scripture or is it a manifesto of the world in which we add in a bit of scripture here and there? Now, Jesus had a manifesto. And do we want to look at that manifesto? Abhi, could you just put up the manifesto of Christ? It's mentioned, mentioned in Luke. You know, when Jesus, in Luke 4, verses 16 to 20, it says that when he came to Nazareth, he came to the synagogue, and he was given the book um, of the prophet Isaiah, and he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, what was Jesus' manifesto? To preach the gospel to the poor. He, was, he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. You can just look up there and you can just say it out. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And you know what? That's all he read and he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. That itself was enough to prove that he is the Messiah. He has come to fulfill his manifesto. And at the end, I've not put it up, he says that today, in that synagogue, he said today the scripture is fulfilled. He fulfilled the, pro- the prophecy in Isaiah, even as he read these words. His manifesto was very clear. He did not come to be a king. He did not come to, to rescue the Jews from the Romans. He came here to fulfill these aspects. And at the end, you know, we all know the mandate that he followed. He, the mandate that he took upon himself to bear us. And he was obedient to death on a cross because the Lord wanted him. His father wanted him and he was obedient to the father. You know, Jesus' arrival, his, his birth, his life, his death, his ministry was all circled around this specific manifesto. So if anything that you came, you know what they wanted to once, they wanted to make him king, king you remember? Once everyone gathered around, his disciples kept on, he, you know what, he looked at his manifesto, am I doing this and what the father wants me to do? He fulfilled his manifesto, brothers and sisters. Now, how did, we're just going to look in the life of one um, one particular person who Jebin just read out, and did he fulfill the manifesto in that person's life? In fact, all of scripture proves that he fulfilled his calling. But let us look into this extraordinary example uh, of a person who we, many of us might not even have met, or might meet, or might have seen, but Jesus meets him. Okay? 
Now, um, now let's go into a portion. That's Mark 5. Okay. Just give you time to just open your scriptures um, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your devices or in your Bibles. Just look at it. Okay. Now, what was unique about this man? Was he lame? Was he blind? Um, Abhi, you can just... Um, oh, you know what? We'll just leave that there, yeah. Uh, was he blind? What was his condition? Wow. You know, what was he? He was possessed. You know, we are so scared to say these words, no? Demon possessed. Oh, I'm so scared, you know. Uh, that's correct, right? We're so scared to see that this man is demon possessed. And there was a con- that is condition of man. You know, if you go to different parts of the world and different parts of India, you see multiple things of what is not of God possessing people. And I'm amazed that Jesus records many such events in Scripture. Because as the gospel was important to you and me and to the lame and to the blind, the, the gospel is as important to the demon-possessed. Because we're, going to understand, we're just going to study about what this man's condition was all about. Okay, so it's just going to be uh, an interactive questions, and I want um, brothers and, and sisters to just tell out what, what you're learning, okay? So just enjoy the scripture, you know, just, just chew it like a, like, a, like a juicy burger, you know, um, um, from truffles, okay? And you know what, you've got, this, you've, got the, you've got the bun at the top, you've got the bun at the bottom, and then you have the beautiful piece of meat, and when you bite into it, you know, you enjoy it, and, and you know, you, you can, your mind can, can say which is the lettuce, oh, the tomatoes here, you know, everything can be figured out, right? That's how scripture is. Bite into it like a juicy burger. Dandolph? Yeah. So what kind of man met Jesus? He was a demon-possessed man. And Jesus and his disciples were just coming back okay, from a place called Gadarene, so it's also known as Generous. Generous, yeah. And they were coming back, and when he had come out of the boat, who met him there? This demon-possessed man who's coming from where? What does your scripture say? Coming from where? From the tomb. Guess what? This is where this man lived. How many of us have come here from tombs today? None of us, right? But this poor man lived in the tombs with what? With an unclean spirit. Now, what is the description of the man? I want us to look into scripture. What does it talk about this man? Kids, you can also be part of it. What, is, what does it talk about this man? Go ahead. Meaning it's scripture. Meaning, yeah. He dwelt among the tombs. No one could bind him. Okay? No one could bind him. Not even with chains. Okay? Because he was often bound with what? Chains and shackles. And what could he do with the chains? He could pull it apart. Maybe like Samson, I don't know, but he was strong, okay? And the shackles broken into pieces, neither could anyone, what, tame him. I'm telling you, you know what? Brother, please just sit down. He would not listen to us. Okay? And you know what? Look at, look at his home. Look at where he stayed. You know, we are so blessed to have homes of peace and joy and fellowship in church. Look at where he stayed. Night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs. What was he doing? 
crying out, cutting himself with stones. You know, um, another portion says he was howling. Werewolf. Howling. Okay. That's his condition. Okay, I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm saying a humor side, but look at this condition of this poor man. And then when he saw Jesus, I'm just allowing you to experience what, what this man is. When he saw Jesus, what did he do? He ran and he worshipped him. You know, others, other portions say that he ran down and begged down before him. You know, maybe, maybe he, you know, he was not in his right state of mind. We know that from scripture, okay? So he went there and he implored him, meaning he was just down at Jesus' feet. Now let me ask you, did Jesus come alone in the boat, Joseph? No, who, there were some passengers too, right? Where did they go? Demon possessed man, I can't go there. Meaning, uh, so it looks like Jesus alone is with this man. Alone. His ministry team has suddenly, you know, gone for, everyone has run for loo breaks. Or, you know, everyone is hungry, everyone has disappeared. And Jesus alone is there. And how does, you know, then scripture changes from this man's physical condition to his spiritual condition. And how does he acknowledge Jesus? Look into his scripture. How does he acknowledge Jesus? Ah, son, Jesus, son of the most high God. Now, was it true form of worship? You know, in a Thursday group, we, we had studied, uh, you know, how demons try to fake worship. Oh man, you're the, you know you're Jesus, man. You rock, man. Meaning you're son of God. I'm with you, man. Okay, but they're just trying to do a profane worship. It's false worship because they're scared of Jesus also here. Okay, but they acknowledge who Jesus is. Now, what did Jesus tell the unclean spirit? Get out. Leave this place. Now, what was the name of this man? Legion. You know what legion means? You know, as per the, Jew, the Jewish and the Greek um, aspects of how they do military uh, formations, a legion meant close to 6,000 strong infantry men. That was the possible strength that this spirit had over this man. Can you believe 6,000 strong men built for battle? And these spirits, because it was not one spirit, but it says they were, there were many of them in him. You could imagine how violent these spirits were, how violently they controlled him. Now Jesus tells these spirits who he is. Okay? And then the next the next you know the next scene changes to verse eleven. What was feeding nearby? Pigs. And what did the demons beg him? Send us to the pigs that we may enter. Now, why did these demons ask, let me, you know, can we, okay, we'll leave this guy, we'll leave this guy, but we need a place to stay. Okay, we're kind of wanderers here, you know, we need a place to stay. Why did Jesus say, stay in the pigs? Because, you know, pigs were also considered completely unclean. And these guys knew that with Jesus around, maybe Jesus would give permission to them to enter these pigs. And Jesus did. It was also a clear demonstration to the people around that as filthy as these unclean spirits are, 
the only place that Jesus would, would tell them to go is to the to the pigs. Okay, to the pigs, right? Into the pigs. Now, what happened to these pigs? There were two thousand in number. What happened to them? They ran down a slope. They had a race like never before. It was an amazing race of pigs. Okay, and they ran really fast, head on into the into the into the uh, into the sea, and they were completely drowned. You know, Jesus was helping the people to see, and this man to see. That's how violent these spirits were. It was a graphic uh, demonstration of the violence that these spirits had over this man. They didn't go back to grazing. They went back right into the sea and they destroyed themselves. Now, this is something that I was amazed in verse 15. And I want one brother to just read it out loudly. Verse 15. Thank you, John. You saw before when we read in the first five verses the condition of the man, the way he lived in the tombs, what was his daily routine, you know, all that happened. Now what's happened to this man? He's clothed. Did people give him clothes? I'm not too sure. Okay. Was he in his right mind? He was. He was not howling. He was not cutting himself. He was not in chains. He was not breaking. He was just completely at peace. He was in a restful state. He was in a peaceful condition. He was in his right mind. He was not agitated. He was not doing anything like ever before. My dear brothers and sisters, I just want to highlight something here, even during worship, you know. This is what happens to a man who encounters Jesus. This is a graphic representation of what Jesus has done for all of us. All of us. You know, um, our sins are quiet. This man had demons in him that controlled him. And the moment Jesus rebuked and he, he accepted who Jesus is, you saw his condition completely, completely different from that man before. Isn't that amazing? You know, isn't that amazing of what God can do in our life and this man's life? Now, the people wanted Jesus to depart because they were scared now. Okay? They were also scared of financial loss. Like 2,000 pigs, investment of 20 lakhs gone in a second. Oh, man. Pork. No more pork. How are we going to survive? The pork burgers and all that is gone. But no one was maybe too keen about this man who was living in this place called Gadarenes. People were more concerned about the loss that they had in their life. Now, now comes the beautiful part, okay? Verse 18, 19 and 20, okay? Now, this man is in his his right state, right? He's no more possessed, right? Okay, now what is his desire? The young, meaning the, the single adults. Look into scripture. What was this man's desire now? Do you know what this man wanted to do? He wanted to go with Jesus. That's all that his desire was. Lord, just take me with you, man. You're my, you know, you're my, you're my God. 
This is what my condition was all about. But now I can see. Meaning I'm completely rescued from that legion of, of, of demons. And I just want to come with you, Dad. That's it. I just want to hold your hand. Just walk around with you through Galilee, through Samaria. And you know what? Just take out and just, just represent who, who, who you are to others. But Jesus tells him what? Go home and tell your friends. Go home and tell your friends. Maybe he was a single guy. We don't know. But uh, Jesus told him, go to your home, tell your friends, and tell them what? The great things that God has done for you and how he had compassion on, on you. Jesus... You know, we, you know, the name Christian, you know, we, you know, we love that Christian. You know, I'm a Christian. Um, um, but when Jesus sent his disciples, he was sending, um, I'm not talking about um, a Godhead um, aspect, but he wanted his disciples to, rep- to replicate Christ-like attitude, Christ-like vision. He was sending little Christ into the world. Go. Little Christ. Even though in a fallen nature we have the Holy Spirit, we send like little Christ. And he said, you know, Jesus says, you know what? Go now. Go tell your home. Go tell your friends what Jesus has done for you. And you know what this man does? He, he didn't say, I'll just pray and get back. Uh, he said, you know what, I'll go. And this man went to Decapolis, that is ten towns, and told about the marvelous things that Jesus had done. What a transformation, guys. What a transformation. Jesus sent him as little Christ. Go tell what God has done. And he did that. You know, from a chained man to a clothed right man to disciple, follower, and evangelist of Christ. What a transformation. Right, Sam? We would never have given a chance to this demon-possessed man. We would have maybe only ordered more chains and shackles to chain him up. But this is what Jesus does to people right in and right out through his entire manifesto and his ministry. I'm so blessed to know this God, guys. My chains were, my chains were, once I was lost, I'm free, you know, and my chains were broken. And that's our story here. That's the gospel right here. If there's any one of our loved ones sitting here who's just, you know, who's just knocking on doors and trying to find out, you know, I, you know, we just would love, we just want to share with you is that this is what Jesus can do in your life. Because that's what he did in our lives. And we want you to experience that he does heal the brokenhearted. He gives liberty to the captives. So he does open the eyes of the blind. And he desires that this today will be the acceptable day of the Lord for you. And this year will be the acceptable year for you. You know, what was Jesus trying to do in all of this? You know, just a couple of points. Jesus was proving his Godship and his divine nature in this entire miracle. No one could stop the judgment of Jesus over these legions. He proved that he was in control of the natural and the supernatural. He proved that he was not only concerned about the, um, the physical and the mental state of these demon-possessed men, but he was also really concerned about the, the spirit of this man. One of the coolest things that Jesus has done for each one of us is gave us an identity. And that's what he gave this man an identity. He was no more considered a howling man. He was no more considered a legion. He was no more considered um, a demon-possessed man. But he was considered now a servant and evangelist of the Lord. He was given an identity. 
You know, Jesus did this with, uh, with many people. He gave in all of his miracles. If you study the works of Jesus, every person he met was broken. Like in Mark 4, we have the demon-possessed man. By the way, that's not how Jesus looks. He's much more cooler than that. Um, uh, uh, that's meaning he, in Mark 4, it talks about the demon-possessed man. It talks about Jairus' little daughter up there. And then he talks about the lady with the issue of blood. And then later on, we come up with the Samaritan woman. In each of those cases, he gave that identity back to the people. By, sh- by telling about who he is, by giving the word. Like to the lady at the well, he said, you know what? I am that living water. I can give you water, but you will thirst. But I am the living water. And her life's changed. The lady with the issue of blood, he calls her what? The name? Daughter. He calls her name Daughter. What I'm, what, what, that was the manifest of Jesus. Basically, he preached the gospel to the poor. He healed the brokenhearted. He proclaimed the liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, liberty to those who are oppressed, so that each person would understand what is the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus brought glory to God through all of it. You know, Jesus was the hope to the world, and he equipped this little... This, this demon, the, the, the man who was healed from demon-possessed to be the hope and the carrier um, of the good news to ten towns. He became like little Christ who presented it to the world. Jesus is always back in the business of pointing people to God. Well, we might think, you know, that's what Jesus did in all of the miracles. But did Jesus do that in, in my life? Prove it from scripture. Let me find out. Okay. So, we're going to look at Ephesians 1, verses um, 13 to 14. And I'm just going to put it up here. I don't, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Now, you saw those, the, those yellows up there. This is from the NKJV. Uh, you saw the yellows up there? Now, that talks about our condition. You can see our, us in Christ, us in Him, we us are us in the beloved, in him we, us in him we, we in him you are we. It talks about our condition. The yellows. And in the blues you see, now he not only, he not only pursued and rescued us, um, but to the position that we are now being placed. This is what Jesus did for you and me. And I'm not going to go into, into too much of that. That is something that we can chew on. If we think that Jesus did this for so many people, trust me, brothers and sisters, this is what he did for you and me. I'll give you a, a minute just to absorb this scripture. This is a proof of what Jesus did. Apart from every other scripture portion, this is what he did. You know, when, um, when the small company called Apple was, was coming up, uh, it was a small little fledgling kind of a company, and um, Steve Jobs needed someone to, to, to guide this firm. And um, at that point of time, um, he had identified a man called John Scully, who was the, um, who was the CEO of, of PepsiCo then. So, so Steve Jobs and John Scully sat in um, John Scully's office, high-rise in, Man- in Manhattan, and looked over. Um, 
And he noticed that uh, John Scully was not going to take up the offer. Okay? Um, so this is what Steve Jobs told him. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? I just want to lay it on our hearts. Do we just want to sell sugar water all our life? Drink sugar water, share sugar water, you know, sugar water everywhere. You know, we're so happy about that journey. Uh, so happy that we're doing the next big thing. You know, we're doing the biggest ministries. You know, we're taking up NLC, taking up a big project. You know, oh, I'm going to build my, my, you know, an additional home. I'm going to buy a new car. You know, all sugar stuff. Was Jesus asking, can you come and join with me? You know, at your workplace, can you be my, can you be my carrier of hope for me? Can you be that little Christ for me? My dear brothers and sisters, even our, our dear single adults, you know, what is your manifesto? What do you want to do? And if God gives you an admission somewhere else, you know, um, what is your manifesto? What are you going to take there? If God gives you a job in another country, you know, what are you going to do? What if God, God is leading in another direction, what are you going to do? What is your manifesto? Are we intentional about being carriers of hope, the good news to the ends of the earth? Are we intentional about being little Christ and showing people about who Jesus is? I really implore you, I really encourage um, families, CBA family and all our visitors is, what is my manifesto? Think about it. Chew on it. You know, as a ministry, um, we're privileged to take the gospel in, into the lives of such people. Um, you know, it's, it's very common um, to come across people who are like that and who have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. NLC is called New Life Computer Institute. Again, my dear brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage you is that when you hear about what God is doing, you know, do not think that NLC is great. I just want to make it very clear. Think about what God is doing. NLC is just one little dot in God's entire ways of evangelizing the world. Just one little dot. Okay? So see what God is doing and see if you would love to be part of that. You know, John 1, verse 1 to 5, um, tells that in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him and without him and was not anything made that was made. Then it says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that's a clear example of what we saw from what Jesus did today, from the, from the passage in Mark. So what we do is, you know, we have, this, we have this life and this life is a light of men who are hidden in darkness so the word itself is powerful enough to throw light into areas of darkness and we've seen that we've seen that you know our our vision is God's word in every language community actively transforming their lives We know we desire that the word of God be available to every language community in India. We are a, we are a you know, I'll be honest, we are a local ministry, okay? We're very um, we're ground root guys, okay? And when you map across India, there are many tribes across India that do not have God's word. 
is not liberated like there are many places that don't have churches of fellowship just like us but we've seen evangelization happens but when you need to disciple some someone what do you need you need the the word of god right and it does actively transform their lives this is our mission statement to enable every community to own and engage the word of god in its own uh, languages not only to have god's word but also to study god's word sunday school is a way of studying god's word the messages that our brothers give is a way to study god's word what else is there personal study come on we can we can make some noise music is a way to study god's word david wrote a lot of uh, songs right the different ways to study scripture and what we do is we not only give the word of god but we also encourage people to study scripture but for that what do we need we need the we need the word of god we need the bible um for them you know there's a bit of stat um close to 7100 living languages are there across the world but out of that my dear brothers only 683 languages have the complete bible new testament is only available in close to 1500 languages you can look at that stat this is from one of our close friends wickliff um now let me ask you does the do we need to take the gospel to the ends of the earth you know you know um, rebchen and ashmama went to uzbek did they go for a field trip No, they didn't. You know, they were in Kazakh, they were in Uzbek, and there's so many missionaries spread across the world that is, that is striving towards people being discipled, the gospel going out, and the scripture being available. I think the Uzbek Bible was available three years back. Three years back, yeah. In fact, the Uzbek president was in India. And he had a talk. It was interesting of how he's thinking about his country, but there is no doubt that scripture is making impacts across the world. you know one of the biggest needs of evangelization and 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 discipleship is can you guess in which 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 continent just just guess meaning there's no right and wrongs philip is speaking but i can't hear his voice india okay is a continent india is not a continent yeah <laughs> it's just some geographical touch yeah yeah Australia um, um um Jerry says in fact it's Europe it's Europe Europe needs the gospel you know there's a stat that um, uh, bible translation ministries and various others are coming out with it shows about how much Europe is moving to going to be soon a muslim continent you know Germany Netherlands Denmark Poland Portugal Belgium Belgium has reached around 40% I think of muslim communities already the world so uh, you know the many of you desiring to go for studies to europe no go go no really you go you we have to go we have to go but be that little christ dear brothers and sisters be who god is sending you to be there your studies is one but you represent your crisis there are many of us who are going to migrate to other countries you're not going there to have a gala time guys trust me don't think about your home and you know children and you know the dog playing around and the cat coming into the house and, but i'm saying is think about being um christ in that in that continent and in that country that god is going to send you to 
This is India. Okay. 469 languages. Um, and only 79 languages have Bible. Isn't that staggering? Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And 390 languages have no scripture. The, Testament, the, the New Testament is available only in 84 languages. And even as we speak, along with many other Bible translation ministries in India, 148 languages are being translated. That is where... Uh, oh, by the way, this is um, one of the quotes that I enjoy the most um, in the translation uh, spaces. Billy Graham says, The greatest method of evangelization, the late Mr. Billy Graham said, that the distribution of Bible in mother tongues is the most important thing. That's the best way that you can evangelize. Now, I'm going to take you through a tour of India, and I'm pretty sure many of you would love it. Um, that's the translation work that NLCI is involved in. By the way, NLCI is called New Life Computer Institute. We're not, we not a programming firm. Uh, we're not an IT firm, IT services, KPO, nothing of that sort. We are a faith-based ministry, Uh, Indian people coming together from various denominations to take the gospel out. Okay? Now, here we go. This is John Sari community. Okay? Um, now, the John Sari tribe is one lakh. So, we, we minister among tribes. We minister among people groups too. Okay? People groups are large numbers. Like the Sindhi community is not a tribe. They are a people group. But the Jansari is a tribe. They are found near to Vikasnagar, Uttarakhand, uh, in Uttarakhand, the Dehradun area. Um, now, they are animistic faith. Okay? They're not, you know, most of the time we hear that this much population of India is Hindus, right? Um, uh, it's not true. There are many people who don't believe in, uh, in Hindu deities. They're animistic. Okay, they worship all forms of creatures, all forms of stuff, meaning that's, that's them. Now, the, you know, what, what, is a, what is the strangest thing about them that we minister? Now, they have Jewish practices. On the, I don't know which date, but on the 20th, or I think 15th to 20th day of a month, they have a Passover. This is a tribe in India. They're Indians. They have a Passover. They cut the goat, they sprinkle the blood, on their doorposts so that anything who enters it will not get possessed or will not get affected. Now, where did they know this from? We don't know. Now, take it one step notch up. They have something very similar to the Ark of the Covenant. Normally, it was carried on two poles. They carried on one pole. Everything, tablets, everything is kept inside. It comes up during one of their rich, main rituals, and they use that as a form of... So all the deities go... Now, how did they get it? Even they don't know. Some people say that they could be coming from the uh, Jewish thing, but I th don't think anyone has attempted to do any DNA upon them, any DNA test upon them, because there is happening in India. Like, there was at least 2,000 from Mizoram... Um, I think two or three years back, that went back to Israel. They rooted them from the tribe of Ephraim, in fact. So there are tribes spread across, and in fact, there's a ministry that helps people to go back, Jews to go back. We don't know whether they're Jews, okay? We don't know. But what God is doing among them is very similar to what 
Jesus did to the demon-possessed man. But there are believers there. Their New Testament is planned in 2019. Now, this tribe is Bondo. I think I've shared a bit. Many of you would have heard Bondo, meaning that's not where Bondos come from. Um, but uh, this, it's called the Bonda Hills, and they live in Bondo, one of the most amazing tribes that you can ever visit. They're one of India's last primitive tribes. They walk around with bows and arrows and with throwing axes. They come from an Austro-Asiatic tribe. That means where would they have migrated from? Australia, might Australia, you know? From Australia, yeah. They would have migrated from Australia, come and settle in the heart of Odisha. They are Indians, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, God gave me a privilege of staying with them. Uh, for two nights, it's a very dark. Trust me. You know, Mohan said about darkness that happens. Remember last, last week? Yeah, it happens. It is dark. Even the darkness is dark. Okay, it is a very uncomfortable because there's no lights, there's no power. You can hear various things. And they live in an area which is with bears, with, with tigers and all of that. Um, God took me there to show me about his love for them, for the bonders. There's 10,000 in number. This is the Hakun and Muklom. I just want to say that CBF was present for this dedication. Isn't that an honor? Meaning, we had a small representation of Philip uh, and, and, and Pradeep coming there for the dedication uh, of the New Testament of this tribe. Um, they are, um, you know, we published it in Feb. Now, they are an opium addicted tribe. A lot of them were involved in militancy in Myanmar. In fact, um, uh, Kitong, who's on the extreme left, okay, is, was a militant. Okay, a Burmese Myanmar militant, and he came to know the Lord. You saw the sister in the center who's smiling? That is our Sumi, okay? Sumi is, she was with UST Global on a, you know, in an Asia head level, and when the Lord called her 15 years back, she said, God is sending me to Changlong, and she went there. You know, a few of us have had the privilege of spending time with Sumi, spending time in her, um, her bamboo hut, and just seeing what God is doing. You know, she's involved in the Hakun, Muklom, and uh, a, a tribe called Sangwal, Sangwal translation. There's one more tribe called Lungchang, which I'll share later. This is the Kodawa community. Anyone knows where they're from, apart from reading? Kurg, coffee, wow. But you know what? This is a people group. Martial career, but there are many of them in sport, in army, in military, that comes from the Kodawa community. Um, I don't have time right now. My time is running out. Uh, but they come, they believe they came from, the, from the, uh, the armies of Alexander the Great. Okay, so they're into warfare. They're the, ones, the first ones to actually initiate guerrilla warfare in, in India. Now, they're non-Hindus, okay? Ancestral worship, and what do they worship? They worship weapons. What will possess people who worship weapons? Mark 5, chapter Love, death, blood, you know, all that stuff. There are many believers in the Kodawa community, even in Bangalore, but they're very quiet because they could get expelled from the community. They're very tight in it. They also have a lot of Greek practices in them. The Kodawa New Testament was published in 2017 in, uh, in Bangalore. Now, this is what I just want to also encourage us to. Um, you know, this year we're dedicating 10 New Testaments. Okay. Ten New Testaments is going to be dedicated. One already happened. That is the Hakun tribe. There's still nine more to go. On August 10th, 
six new testaments are going to be dedicated in kottayam our home country okay six tribes in in kerala okay are going to receive their uh, new testament the books the bible looks like malayalam bibles but it is not malayalam it is another language so if any one of you is in kottayam during that point of time please do come just let me know we'll be will be great to have you guys with us as we dedicate six new testaments on august 10th but even as we dedicate 10 this year we are also by faith going to take up 10 more new testaments we've decided we're not going to pull a hammock and just sit there and says you know what celebrate this year take a break guys want to take because the lord's return is not far away there's still tribes here to receive god's word yeah that's uh, so okay so the blues that you're going to see is the translations that's going to be dedicated this year and the greens is going to be the ones that we're going to initiate okay now um these are the translations that's going to be uh, dedicated this year so what you see in green is hakun that was already done ravla manan mudwan mudga palkurumba and chetti okay is what's going to be dedicated on august 10th you saw palkurumba and chetti palkurumba is a very dirty tribe okay even i struggle with them i'll be very honest they have no they have no uh, cleanliness cleanliness is minus 50 okay but this tribe next door and they love elephants whenever you go them it's like how we have uh, Um, uh, um yeah ben and dan is got a dog yeah when you have our pup come in and all that no they love elephants just hanging around them elephants are not scared of them they are not scared but they are animistic people okay um so but the chetty community who lives just next door to them is super clean they are super clean they have got an amazing way of how they run their life so even as we disciple them we see a lot of issues between them based on what cleanliness So if if I go if we go to the office we know where our Palkurumba brothers sat and where our Chetty people sat. <laughs> But you know what they love God. They love God. We are so we all of us are so quirky, right? So weird. Yet God is so gracious to show us grace, right? And the rest is Kinari Pahadi, um, John Sari that we spoke about the first tribe that we saw who's got who's got Jewish practices and Rathwi Bereli. Rathwi is in uh, um ratwi is in uh, mp and kinari pahadi is in uh, himachal now this is what we're going to start now, i just want cbf to all look at a name called lungchang can you see lungchang yeah kids can you see lungchang again you know how god is so uh, good to us cbf was present to initiate that project you know i'm amazed of how god uh, you know few of us were able to go up into the hills of assam and arunachal and you know many of you were present here remember the discussion that we had in that mountain top that initiated we prayed by faith that initiated the translation to start who thought who thought that we would be part of that so lungchang is very dear to because my family cbf is part of it hakun is very dear because cbf is part of that so the these are the 10 new testaments that we're going to start this year now you're going to see two uh, in greens pahadi mahasuvi skinauri oras and pahadi mahasuvi is himachal okay bangani and jonpuri is uttarakhand 
Alu kurumba, guys, they don't make. Okay. Now, let me tell you a bit about alu kurumba. Stanley, you're here. You know, I'll tell you a bit, a bit of history of Pahadi Mahasuvi and Alukurma. You saw them both in greens. Pahadi Mahasuvi is the first community that Sadhur Sundar Singh came. You know, you, when you drive through, you know, Himachal is spectacular, but when you drive, you can see Pahadi Mahasuvi on the left. And that is the area where our dear brother Sadhur Sundar Singh came with scripture first. Still the well, you remember his book, and, you know, he, God brought him out of that well through a rope that came in mysteriously? God did that. Why? Because he loves the Pahari Mahasui. Now, the brother who brought apple into Himachal. Okay, apple was not part of our flora fauna, by the way. It was brought in by a British missionary. Okay, who later on sadly contextualized things way too much that he left the faith. Sadly, okay. His children are still there. They are actively involved in politics, especially with the Congress Party. Uh, but... Um, but him and Sadhus Sundar Singh loved the Lord dearly. They spent time in prayer, especially for Pahari Mahasuri. Sadhus Sundar Singh took the work ahead. We started the work among the Pahari Mahasuris on, uh, on uh, May 5th. Now, Alukurumba. Um, our dear brother Matthew Paul, um, Stanley's uncle, right, Sam? Yeah, started this work. And um, uncle, when, uh, you know, um, uncle started this work even way be before NLCA was aware of the work that was happening there. I think 12 years, uncle did a lot amount of research work. He had done portions of scripture and all of that. But uncle met with a tragic accident. And I think we, many of us have seen for Sneha's wedding, Matthew Paul uncle, right? And during a point of time when uncle was shifting home uh, or something like that, the people came and took all of the stuff and they just burned it up, not knowing the value of what was, what was there. Um, Matthew Paul Uncle, NLCI, the Alukurumba believers have come together and um, the Lord has stewarded NLCI to take that work forward. His work will never stop. His work will never end. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will still remain. What we also desire is that Pahadi Mahasui and Alukurumba our, this time, our, we're pushing our challenge where we're designing that from within India, we're going to raise such support. Okay? And we want the church, we want believers from across um, uh, India and even the, and the global Indian church to step with us in, this, uh, in making sure that the work continues. Now, you know, we can pray. To pray, uh, in fact, um, Stephen, um, Leanne, Jaden, and... Um, and George is going to distribute a few prayer diaries at the back. Uh, you can buy that prayer diary because we just make to, need to make sure that we can recover the cost. We also have leaflets, you know, the open door initiative that I shared about the 10 translations that's going to be dedicated this year and the 10 that's going to start. It's also available at the back that those of you who are sure that you will pray, please take it along with you. Okay, so the kids are going to manage the things at the back. Be gentle, be kind. You know, they might take a bit of time to hand it over. Um, just help them out here. Participate. You know, CBF um, have participated in two of the work, but just come. You know, you want to go for a trek? You want to go come and see what God is doing? There are many of our loved ones sitting over here who have participated in different, different ways. Like, I'll, I'll be very honest, even the prayer diary, our dear Suji and Somia have helped in designing of that. Okay? So, there are many of you who have come. CBF has been with NLCI. Many of you have come and encouraged NLCI in different ways. Participate. 
Okay, if we want to take the gospel out to the ends of India and to the ends of the world, we need the church along. And as he's only involved in um, translating the word of God and making sure that people use the written word of God so that they would be made disciples out of that. Provide one translation takes around eight years, New Testament alone. The cost of it is 1.2 crore. One New Testament. Right now, NLC is towards 46 projects across India. And that's a huge mandate. Uh, you know, actually, we are not too concerned about the garment change um, because the garment is purposed by God for a short while. Now, if we as a church don't come and we don't take the gospel, maybe God might give them another term. We don't know. So let's, uh, let's, let's get our um, act right away. Okay? Um, 1.2 crore for one translation. Now, if you break it down, it comes to 15, th- 15 lakhs in a year is something that we are desiring to, to raise. Uh, we trust the Lord. The Lord has mightily led all of us, um, especially if any one of you feel burdened to support the Lord's work. This is not supporting NLC, but supporting the Lord's work. Please do come and tr- get in touch with Preeti and myself, and we can help you with how we can support the Lord's work. Okay? Remember, Pahadi Mahasvi and Alukurumba, our desire is that we want to raise that support from within? Within India. Okay? I'm just going to end and... Um, I think I have uh, short my time a bit. Um, so I'm just going to request us just to close our eyes and um, for a minute, just remember, if we are, I don't know how many of us are here, maybe a hundred of us, just pick up one project from the, the New Testaments that's going to be dedicated this year um, to the New Testaments that'll be, uh, that will be taken up this year. Just for a minute, remember one project that will be dedicated and one project that will be taken up within yourself. And you know what, brothers and sisters? Pray by faith. Pray by faith that these communities will come to know the Lord Jesus similarly to the man who was possessed and similarly to many people who knew Jesus because of him. I would request Rabbi Chai if you could just come forward and just pray um, for these communities and for the work God has asked us to do. Also, dear brothers, as Rabbi Chai comes up, um, um, you know, we want to encourage you as a church, be carriers of the good news to a broken world. You can see enough and more broken people around. Be carriers, be that little Christ where people will see Christ through you just want to read that portion that, um, that says, you know, um, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Be the little Christ. Be the carriers of the good news to the ends of the earth. Let us pray.